This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Welcome back, everybody, to Five on Three, WFUV's podcast for all things hockey and NHL. I am Sam Borer, here with Lou Orlando and Tyler Mooney after what has been a very long hockey hiatus. Too long. Too long, some might say. But we are we are back, and we are back in business, everybody. We are here. It is the start of the 2022-2023 hockey season. Before we get started talking about hockey, though, I want to give one special shout-out to Mr. Lou Orlando. It is his first ever time on 5 on 3. Lou, so excited to have you here. Dude, I am thrilled, thrilled to be here. I mean, I don't if you know anything about it, this is a fun Fun crew, so I so true. No <laughs> better people to make my five on three debut than I mean. Listen, I didn't sleep last night. I was so excited, so happy to be here. The guy didn't sleep. The guy, the guy didn't he's, sleep. I was up all night. Just look at that. Five on three. Five on three. Five on three. That is the anticipation that I hope everybody has when listening to five on three. Tyler, how I'm are sure you today? You got a big I'm presentation great. coming up. I'm great. <laughs> I have a yeah big presentation coming in here about an hour, but five on three obviously takes priority. Um, you guys are saying this was a very long hiatus. I don't know. It felt really short to me, <laughs> if I'm being honest. It feels like we just got done talking about the Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. And I think part of the reason it felt so short was that the very first Rangers game was versus the same team they lost to on the same broadcast True. network with the same broadcasters. It just felt like I was watching this a continuation. I was like, this doesn't feel new at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited to be back with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of deja vu on Tuesday night when the Rangers played the Lightning, except this time they won, oh my which, God. Was, which was sick. Lou Orlando was there I covering was there. it as the Rangers beat reporter. Um, a very exciting win to start off the season. Like you said, what a way to begin than what a better way to begin. Wow. Than by knocking out the team that prevented you from going to the cup final. So they won 3-1 on Tuesday, outshot the Lightning 39-27. to Lou, I guess just starting with you, what were what did you see that game? What are your what are your takeaways from the Rangers like hot start to the season? I mean, man, first just how good they looked in really almost every aspect of the game. I think outside of the fact that they took six penalties, man, they were awesome. And even the penalties, you can kind of turn and flip that into a positive because their penalty kill was ridiculously good. The only power play goal they allowed was on a five-on-three, name of the podcast. Um, but, like, listen, the Rangers were faster than the Lightning, controlled the puck more than the Lightning, outshot the Lightning. Their defense was really good. Gallant talked about their defense looking way better than it did in the first half last year. So, like, just every aspect of the game that you want them to be good at, they were really good at. Yeah, there was never a point where it really felt like I was nervous that the Rangers were going to lose the game. They just they looked so solid. Even when Tampa tied the game, yeah. I was like, well, it is what it is. I have mm-hmm. confidence that the Rangers will come back. And Mika Zibanejad picking up Monster. right where he left off. I mean, that guy is incredible, He's and they're going to need man. him to be incredible. And it was really nice to just see a full team performance and – you could definitely tell that there was they wanted this one. I mean, obviously you want the first game home opener, but there was definitely a little extra. You want to beat the Lightning. They ended your season, especially considering you were up 2-0 on them. Definitely a lot of bad blood there and some hatred on the Rangers side and they they went out and they they provided a statement for the league. A lot of people are picking them to kind of have mm-hmm. a little regression this year and the Rangers uh, at least through game 1, they're trying to do their best to disprove that. 
Absolutely. Well, obviously, a lot of time between game one and game a lot of time eighty something. But still, like you said, a lot of people are predicting that the Rangers make it incredibly far this season. We'll get into our postseason predictions a little bit later. But like you said, great to see them come back in such an aggressive way against the Lightning. I think that the thing that we talked about last year on the podcast and just in life about the Rangers was that against the Lightning, the Lightning were more aggressive. They were faster. They just had more of this kind of drive within them, this internal drive that felt like a motor that was running at all times, that the Rangers sometimes felt like they stalled a little bit, you know? I'm glad to see that that's not how we're beginning the season. Obviously, I think it helps a little bit starting out against a team that you have such bad blood with, that you have such a vendetta against, for lack of a better term. But they're getting aggressive. They're getting out there. They're creating those opportunities. Like you said, Mika Zibanejad, what an absolute monster he is. Power play goal, shorthanded goal, too. I think that's an amazing way to start the season. I see a lot of really good things for them. And my boy, Capo Caco. Hmm. I love him. We know that I am Capocacco's biggest fan. I adore him. I don't know why. I just have such, like, I just adore Capocacco. He, I think, will have quite the season this year. That is my my early season prediction for him. Did well preseason. Gallant spoke about him in the uh, pregame presser. Very highly. Very highly, yeah. Yeah, no, it was right... As a guy that that got benched in a winner go home game in in the playoffs, like to hear Gallant talk about how much what he's seen from Kakao, how confident he is, how it didn't it didn't matter what line he was playing and like he's gonna play his game. But I I think it does matter. I love that he's playing on the first line right now with Mika and Kreider. I think that helps his game so much. I think you're gonna see him take a leap. He looked very good against Tampa. I mean, really everyone looked very good against Tampa. But especially the kids, you're looking, this is a Rangers team that one of the reasons people are potentially talking about regression is they lose a lot of those second line pieces like Cop, Strom, Vitrano, that the kids now need to step up. Uh, I think we're going to see a big season out of Hedo, but you're looking right, Kako and Lafreniere have to play big roles. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously losing Strop. Strop. Strom. Merge them together. This Losing is a morning the two of them. Yeah. Vetrano, first yeah. episode of the year. Um, you're gonna lose some production there. But also, I mean, Chris Kreider, probably not gonna score fifty three goals mm. again this season, considering mm-hmm. he didn't I don't think score more than thirty any other year. Igor Shesterkin is he gonna be the greatest goalie not ever again? Gonna have like yeah. the best season a goalie ever had. He'll still be outstanding, but so there's gonna just be natural regression there. So they really will need these kids that step up. I know we were saying that last year, and it was true last year, but I think it's even more true this year. You're going to need Lafreniere. Can Keandre Miller take that step? He looked really good the mm-hmm. second half of the year, and in the playoffs, can he take that step this year to put a full season together and truly solidify himself as one of the elite defensemen in the league, which I think he can. You know, Braden Schneider, Zach Jones, some more examples in that regard. But yeah, just back to Kako. I mean, I think he drew, what, two or three penalties? Definitely yeah. two versus the Lightning. So, if you're someone on the Rangers who can draw penalties, you're going to play a lot because obviously last year the Rangers' key to success was the power play, the power play, the power play. Hopefully it's a little bit more even this year, but still, you know, getting that Kreider, Zibanejad, Panarin connection going on the power play is going to be key for this team to get success. And it was good to see Kaku. He looked he looked comfortable on that top line. One guy I'd really like to highlight, because I've been joking about him for a little bit, Jimmy Vesey. I've been joking about okay, how it's, yeah. it's his resurgent season, but like... Like it, it might actually be like he looks really good. He's awesome defensively, awesome on the penalty kill. And 
one of the things that sucks about the game is Vitaly Krasov gets hurt mm-hmm. two shifts and takes a dirty hit from Victor Hedman. But so you're gonna see right now I think VC slide to play on the third line, but was getting run the first line during preseason and they put him there towards the end of the game because they love his defense. So VC's gonna be a huge part of this team. I think he's end up gonna be one of those key pieces that if you're trying to make a playoff run and you need those really good defensive forwards, I think he ends up being one of those guys. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think what's weirder to me than anything else is seeing Jimmy VC now in uh blue and red after seeing him as a member of the devil squad i, see, I always think of him in a rangers jersey that was my my team's growing yeah. up those first three years i, I remember yeah. i was so excited when they got him i was like he's I, gonna I still, be the next thing he's yeah. gonna be amazing i love that picture of it when he got he had that injury and he had the tooth lodge in his lip and he's oh, got yeah, that boy yeah. face. i love that picture i think he is a i think he will do incredible things for this team this year i think that besides the actual technical playing aspect, staying healthy, not succumbing to a lot of injuries in the way that they did last year, what's going to be really important for this team is playing through the entire season. If it comes January and they're not in the top standing in the Metro, it's going to be about fighting through that mentality because this is a very young team. And though they now have this chip on their shoulder about wanting to get back and get farther than they did in the playoffs last year, it's about also not succumbing to that pressure. I think one of the problems with Capocacco is that he's young. He succumbs to that pressure a lot. I think playing on this top line will be really good for him in that way, that it will hopefully, um, I don't know, increase his confidence. But I think that this team as a whole will need to not be bogged down, not listen to the fan base, because New York fans are tough, not listen to the fan base if they hit a dry spell and the fans start saying, this is a waste of a team, what happened to last season? I think it's going to be out fighting through the end of the season all the way to the Cup, all the way to what we know they're capable of, as we saw last season. Yeah, I mean, this is just, this is a huge year for them. There's obviously, not looking too far ahead, but you have the big looming question at the end of the year of this cap trouble that they're going to run themselves into you're going to need to give Lafreniere a contract you're going to need to give Keandre Miller a contract Hedl's going to need a contract Mm -hmm. there's only so much money that can go around especially if these guys do take that step if Lafreniere puts together a 65 70 point season if Keandre Miller suddenly becomes you know a top 20 defenseman in the league you're gonna this team's not gonna be the same next year there's gonna be just cap casualties and that's that's the way that things are right now until the cap goes up. So this is really, this this might be one of the Rangers' best chances to win a cup. And it sounds weird to say because it feels like they just got in their window, but just the politics of the caps and, and the fact that it's going to be really hard to keep all these guys together. And you do have these guys, these young guys on such cost-effective contracts they're going to need to take advantage of this year. Mm-hmm. That's that's the dirty little secret of when your youth progresses and you talk about them stepping mm-hmm. up, then you got to pay those guys, and you already have guys on the roster that you're paying. So, like you said, it is weird to think about the Rangers as this maybe being like a, a one-to-two-year slot where they have the best chance to win the Cup. But, I mean, I look at their roster, and, and especially it reinforced my thought with the way they played against Tampa Bay that I think they're going to be in the running for the number one seed in, in the Eastern Conference. But it, it's going to be really tough. I'm, you know, we're going to get into this later. But there are, in my mind, two to three really good teams that are going to mm-hmm. be vying for that spot. Uh, I think, and one of them's in their in their division and in, in mm-hmm. Carolina. Carolina is also really good. So, like, it's not going to be an easy road for the Rangers. Like, even if they're really good, there are two to three other really good teams right there with them. So it, they got their work cut out for them. 
absolutely they do. Another team that has their work cut out for them this year, pondering across the Hudson to the New Jersey Devils. As we know, I like the Devils. I don't mind them. I worked with them last year. I think they are awesome. This season, I am actually expecting good things out of them. I think that they've made some really smart moves in the offseason. I think that they now have a lot of potential. They have some really, really great young players in Jack Hughes, in Dawson Mercer. I think that this could actually be a good season for the Devils if they can figure out their goalie situation. Um, <clears throat> I know that they got Vitek Vanacek. Is he the godsend that they all are hoping he is going to be or maybe that he might be? I don't know. Is Mackenzie Blackwood going to be what he once was? I also do not think so. But I think that this could be a good season for the Devils. We'll get into, like we said, our postseason predictions a little bit later, but I think that we'll see them in the postseason. That is my that is one of my hot takes for this year. I don't know how hot that is. A lot of people are saying it, but I feel it's a that way. Hot. It's like hot. it's like medium hot. It's, it's like warm. It's pretty hot. Is you it touch it hot? and you're like, ah, but it's not like you didn't burn yourself. You're not like yeah, maybe like Maybe like 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 a you don't even you don't get a blister, but it's like a little red. Listen, like they'd, they'd have to knock off some good teams to get there. So they I think, would. and they're they're still very young. I mean, I agree. I think the vibes in Jersey are finally moving in the right Not direction, foul. where you feel like you feel <laughs> like they're really going up. I think the Palat deal is really going to help, especially if they can get to that spot where they're a perennial playoff contender. That's Palat's a guy that has that experience. He's won a couple with Tampa, so I, I think. He probably helps out Hughes and the young guys, and this is this is how we do it. So I'd say, yeah, the vibes are great there. Yeah, their, their lineup, it's going to come down to goaltending because yeah. if you just look at their lineup taking goalies aside from it, it, it fills out really nicely. I mean, they have the skill in the top two lines with Hughes and Heischer, obviously. You add a guy like Pallad who has playoff experience and can kind of go up and down. They got a little infusion of young guys. They got Alexander Holtz coming in and then – Miles Wood on on the bottom, so that's a really good forward core. And then you bring in a guy like you know Brendan Smith. He's not much of a needle mover, but he brings playoff experience. He brings a physical aspect. Um, John Marino, they they traded for him as well. So I think this is a a pretty solid roster for the Devils. It's just it's going to come down to goaltending. They do bring in Vanacek. I don't think anyone's expecting him to be the goalie of the future there. I think that's more of uh, we have a really good team in front of us. We can't afford to throw this season away because McClancy Blackwood has another dud. Um, so I think a lot of this season is going to be figuring out what you have in Blackwood. This might be, you know, his last real shot to prove what he is. But I could definitely see the Devils playing some meaningful games down the stretch, and I think they should be. You know, they've been kind of stuck in the mud the last few years, and there's been various reasons for it. But I think this is the year. If this team ends. 8th, 7th, or 8th in the Metro again, it's going to be extremely disappointing. This team should have higher expectations than that. I agree. I think last year it kind of hit a point where everyone was like, well, all right, we kind of own it as indicated by single-digit ticket prices and a bottle of water being more expensive than a ticket to a game. But I, like you said, I think meaningful games is a good way to put it. I think that there is a lot of potential on this team. Like you said, there's a lot of really great individual players. Can they back it up with goaltending will be the question. I think something that will be interesting to assess as we get probably three, four months into the season is will Lindy Ruff be the coach? A lot of people were calling for him to be fired at the end of last season. And I think come January, come even Thanksgiving, if they're below 500, I think he's gone before the season ends I think he'll be gone mid-season and they'll find a replacement if not I think he'll stay there were a lot of fans calling for him to be fired at the end of last season 
I don't know. I think he knows the team. I think he's obviously one of the winningest coaches of all time, so he knows what he's doing in some way. But is it working for this Devils squad? I don't really know. You have you have a Dawson Mercer. You have a now a Simon Nemich. You have a, a Jack Hughes. You have a Nico Hischier. You have a Tomas Tatar on your team. Can you make it work? And I don't know. Do you do you think Ruff will be here at the end of the season? I guess early early prediction. It's tough, right? Because I I think when you look at this team, it's starting to turn over to the point where it's not enough to just look competitive. You have to start turning that into winning games. So I think that is like. We get to midseason and they are bottom of the Metro, just under 500. I would say that he's probably gone because there's too much talent in this team now to just be a scrappy team that can fight against teams but doesn't necessarily get the wins. Like they got to start being the teams they need to beat and, and pulling off some upsets. Yeah. They need to start winning. I mean, I would go even as far. I like what you said, Sam, about Thanksgiving. I think if this team starts 5 and 10, he's gone. Yeah. I think it's just. It, you need to take a step forward, and whether Lindy Ruff is... Because this is a clear... We're clearly moving into a new era of Devils hockey, where now the expectation is becoming winning and playoffs and making it further into playoffs as we move down the line. Um, and, you know, the real question is, is Lindy Ruff the guy mm-hmm. to lead them to that? And I think that if he gets off to a slow start this year, he'll be gone. That That's something that's hot, his seat. Yeah. That is probably <laughs> easily the hottest seat in the NHL. I mean, if the, I would even, it sounds crazy to say, but like, say this team starts 0 5. Hmm. I mean, mm. maybe even then. That might be a little early, but they I, sh- I mean, they shouldn't start. They shouldn't start 0 5. They, no, they, should they not. shouldn't. They should win tonight. They're playing Philly. They should win tonight. They, they should win tonight, tonight, especially with the way they went in the preseason. They went 5 and 2 in the preseason. They're the top of the Metropolitan Division in preseason, which I know preseason's preseason. Nah, nah, nah. But, I mean, it's better than being the bottom of the division in preseason and starting off on a low. At least you're starting off with some morale behind this team because that's something I saw a lot this past year is that when you're losing two nights a week, three nights a week, sometimes back-to-back, these guys were taking a beating emotionally. You could see it in the press conferences. You could see it on the ice, especially when it was games where they were up 7-2 against the Panthers, and then somehow in the third period, the Panthers end up winning – 8-7. 8-7. So I think that this team has a lot of potential, but you are both right. It's about winning. It's about finding a way to now produce it instead of just having potential. I think, too, part of that, you know, like a 7, you're up 7-2 to two or whatever it was against the Panthers and you lose. Some of that is just the guys on the team last year, you don't really have many people that know how to win. Now you have people that know how to win. Andre Palat knows how to win. Brendan Smith, he's made deep playoff runs. John Marino has been in the playoffs. So you have guys that can kind of bring this winning culture, and hopefully there will be no 7-2, five-goal third-period leans <laughs> blown in New Jersey this year, and I think that, that that's key for the Devils as well, bringing in that winning culture. When we reconvene next week, looking at their schedule, I think they should be 2-1. and one. I think they should beat mm-hmm. Philly and one of Detroit or Anta- Anaheim. Mm. So when we're talking next week, we should be talking about them as a two and one team that looked good to start off the season. Interesting. Anaheim and Detroit. Those. That's no. They're that's scra- a good I, test. That's like. I think. Like, I think they should take are, one of those teams. It's like all those teams are kind of in right. the same. I can get behind like, that. No, I, I think, can get I think behind that. And that they're one good of enough that they should be able to take one. Of them. I don't marker. know which one yet. Mm-hmm. I feel like Anaheim might get them, but it's I, I think they should knock off Detroit. I think Anaheim might get them. I'm sneaky big on Anaheim. I okay. I I know you're you're going Anaheim. I'm. 
Uh, what? Oh, oh, the game. The game. Yes, I thought no, you're not going, going to Anaheim. I thought you meant I was going to like Sorry. the city. Rangers of are playing Anaheim. Yes, Monday. I am going to Rangers Anaheim on Monday. I'm going. I'm going to Islanders Anaheim on Saturday. Ooh, so, we'll so we will get a little. Well, it's, a, it's an Anaheim weekend. It is like an Anaheim weekend. For... I mean, if you're going to travel from California, yeah. that'll be here. Stay a while. Stay a while <laughs> in the beautiful, beautiful New York City, East it's Coast supremacy. A, a little Z grass, a little Vetrano and. Mm-hmm. Come back. I love I love Trevor Zegers. We can get into that in another episode. I love Trevor oh, Zegers. Yeah. I oh he is what just wicked. Anywho, heading back across the Hudson and a little further away from the Big Apple to Long Island, the New York Islanders in their fiftieth season. Wow, happy fiftieth anniversary to the New York Islanders. A lot to say about what has happened in these fifty seasons last season mm-hmm. maybe not that much to say about what happened in that season at least not a lot of positives yeah, they, we, they can skip that in the whole video reel of yeah seasons. exactly they can just blip by that one. we can we can talk about so many other things we can talk about letter we can talk about their their cup wins a while ago mm. we don't we don't need to talk about last season no. um yeah it is it is going to be i think a very interesting start to the season for this team. If we're talking about teams that need to start off strong to prove something, Islanders are absolutely top of that list. As we know, last season they got off to a pretty rough start for circumstances that were out of their control with a 13 game road trip to start off the season. Their stadium was not finished, they were just ravaged by COVID, and for a, almost the entirety of the season, we blamed a lot of their misfortune and a lot of their circumstances and a lot of their losing on that we talked about that as a big thing that set them up to kind of have a tough season now not that that was an excuse per se but now they don't even have that cushion to say well we were on a 13 game road trip that's why we went I don't know five and five and eight or whatever they did they don't have that in fact they're starting off with a home game heavy start to the season I think it's six of their first nine games our home games, starting off with home ice advantage in that way. New coach, same lineup essentially, mm-hmm. but new coach. I think that this is going to be a really interesting start of the season for the Islanders, and I'm I'm excited to see how this goes, though not optimistic. I think they bounce back. There's, really? too, much, there's too much talent there to not bounce back again between COVID and injuries. The Islanders team that you saw for most of last year was one that had just been – beaten down and uh, honestly lost before it even started. I think that there's too much time. And they, not to mention that they need to start winning now because if we're talking about what Lou Lamorello does as a GM, we're kind of getting to the point where things start to turn. He did this with Toronto and he did this with New Jersey, more so with New Jersey, where he's going to get you those those playoff appearances. He's going to get you close to the cup, but your future, your prospects aren't going to be good and things are going to start making a turn. So you really got to feel like the Islanders only got at most two to three more years of this core really left. And I feel like this might even be their best chance. They still have, when you look at their, their top two forward lines and some of their defensive pairings, they got, there's a lot of good stuff going on with them. I think that they could end up sliding into a playoff spot if things fall into place. But I mean, hey, pressure's on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you look, Looking at the Islanders' season last year, I don't even really like to look at those first few months because, you know, the road trip, the COVID outbreak, it, it just, I think it's more productive, you know, to just look from January to the end of the season. And because if you look there, they played better. They were a yeah. much better team. I don't, 
know what their pace would have been off the top of my head, but I, they would have, if they played that pace over full 82, they would have challenged much closer for a playoff spot than they actually did. But last year, just struggles, um, struggled immensely with consistency. Mm-hmm. You, you'd win, I'd go to a 5-2 win versus the Maple Leafs, they'd follow it up with another great win, and then they'd get shut out by the Kraken on home ice. Absolutely. And it's just like, they really struggled with consistency, especially on the offensive front. And um, it was going to be very interesting to see what the Islanders did this offseason. But as we've both said, they're, they're putting their trust in this group. They're they saying last nothing. year was a fluke. They did literally nothing. The only move they did was trade for Alexander Romov, which I think is a big move for that blue mm-hmm. line. Having Chara and Andy Green back there last year, great to see those two finish out their careers, but just not, they, they were not NHL level defensemen at that point of their careers and it really hurt the Islanders so I think getting Romanov who's a bit of a puck moving defenseman that helps you you get someone other than Noah Dobson who can do that and um I think I think they'll bounce back too I think I mean they obviously have to bounce back Mm -hmm. this team does not have be tough to be a prospect you can't get much yeah (laughs) you, you don't have much of a prospect pool to talk of and you had the 13th pick in this draft but then you traded it for Romanov so I think at the end of the day, you still have the number one goalie tandem in the league in Sorokin and Varlamov. Sorokin, mm. I think he was a top five goalie last year. I would bet on him to do that again. So you know you're going to get that consistency at the back end. It's just finding that consistency in the forward group. And, you know, listen, we love to talk about how amazing a head coach Barry Trotz was. It feels like he kind of was just the scapegoat for what happened last year. But who knows? Maybe... Lane Lambert comes in, and it's just a new voice, a new year. You're starting at home, and although I don't like looking at the start of the season for the Islanders last year, Mm -hmm. there is something to be said of getting off to a good start, and if you get off to a bad start, things can just snowball, and I think that's what happened with the Islanders last year. So I'm pretty optimistic about this team. I agree with you, Lou, that their window is closing rapidly. It, it, I think we're going on like a year-by-year year basis yeah, at this point. Much. But I think this team should make the playoffs this year. Not for nothing. This team is not too vastly different from the one that took Made Tampa to a Game yeah. 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's been Conference the same Finals. team like, for most of it's the It's been yeah. the same yeah. team for a few years now, right? Yeah. So it's not – they can do it. They're very talented. I, yeah. I think they're not given enough credit for how much talent they still have on the roster. I no, I you know what I will agree with that. As much as I'm not necessarily quite as optimistic and about okay, the two of you, they, the Islanders, they about might about this season, yeah, because because they might they might choke a little bit. I've been bit. talking some smack to my cousin. I won't lie. Hey, that's okay. We Islanders all fan. we all talk a little smack to our Islanders fans. Chris Hennessy, miss him. Chris, if you're listening, we miss you. We love you. Um, we we would always talk a lot of smack to him, but he you know what he was sad enough. He didn't yeah. need our he didn't need <laughs> our trash year was a tough talk. One for him. He didn't need our trash talk. Uh, yeah, his senior year and poor guy. <sighs> Um, but I'm not maybe incredibly optimistic that they'll go on a super deep playoff run again. Do I think it'll be a better season? Yes. I don't think it can be much of a worse one. I, I don't know. I think that we're going to have to wait and see. I know it's kind of a cop out answer to be like, well, this is how I feel. And I'll tell you in a month. But (laughs) I mean, that's how I feel as we'll see when we are 10 games deep when we are 15 games deep, what this team is looking like. Like you said, they do still have a solid core, but now it's about doing something, and it's about being able to adapt to this new coaching style. Obviously, maybe this might be a great thing to have Lane Lambert behind the bench. Maybe he is going to be this, I don't know, answer to every Islanders fan's prayers. 
but also adjusting to that new style, adjusting to someone else behind the bench who you've known but who has not been your head coach for the last however many years is going to be a bit of a period. They said that they're going through an adjustment period right now, but that it is going well. And I mean, you can see that in the postseason. I think what's going to be, I mean, preseason, whoa. I think what's going to be most important for this team is being aggressive. You can't just sit back and play defense. I think they're going to have to have this aggressive mentality. They're going to have to be creating those odd man rushes. They're going to have to be creating those breakaway opportunities because we don't live in a world of hockey anymore where you can just play defense and have pretty good offense and a couple good players and make it far you need to be aggressive when we're seeing Tampa when we're seeing Carolina when we're seeing the Rangers even come out of the gate just guns blazing I think you're gonna have to kind of adapt that mentality to your team this season if you want to be with the big dogs in the league so you I think you saw that in the playoffs last year you had so many talented teams but it's not it's not just about talent it's about style of play you have to be able to play fast is watching Colorado yesterday for the first time is being like, man, like I forgot how fun it is to watch them play because their entire team is fast. Like I told yeah. my roommate, I was like, listen, Rangers have guys that are fast. Colorado's entire team is fast. And so it's like, you want to be able to go far in the playoffs? You got to be fast. You got to be able to control the puck through the neutral zone. You got to do all these little things that even if you have talent, you still got to be able to adopt a style of play that's going to get you through it. Yep. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how Matt Bar- Barzell does this year. Just oh, yeah. got that contract. new contract. That Maybe a little contract. bit more offensive freedom than he had under Barry Trotz. So mm-hmm. that that's a big player for the Islanders that I'll be looking to to kind of gauge how this team's doing. Absolutely. Big contract there. I can't wait to see. Before we get into our fun little playoff talk, something not so fun that I feel we should address quite quickly because this is big in the world of hockey and also just in the world generally the board of directors and the CEO of Hockey Canada have stepped down. Um, This comes five months after the scandal originally broke that alleged that a woman has been sexually assaulted by eight members of the Canada U-20 men's junior team, some of which have now gone on to play in the NHL. It has not specified that the perpetrators gone on to play in the NHL, but that members of that team had gone on to play in the NHL. Um, before this, they lost numerous sponsors, like big ones, Tim Hortons, Scotiabank, Canadian Tire, all saying they would no longer support this organization. They would no longer support the national sport of Canada if change was not made. And now change has been made. The organization put out a statement saying there's an urgent need for new leadership and perspectives after, I mean, you have the prime minister, you have Justin Trudeau making a statement. This is a big deal. So good to see change has come. Sad to see that the world of hockey is still dealing with so many of these incidents. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely necessary that there needed to be change, not only at the leadership like there was, but it, it seems like it's it's really a systemic issue within Hockey Canada. I was just you know doing some some reading on this before the show, and you know they've been paying out settlements using the like the the fund that is used with player registration yeah. fees since the 1980s. So this is not. This wasn't like a, there was one, the one incident with the junior team that kind of brought this to light, but this is not an isolated incident. It's kind of a systemic thing within Hockey Canada. And if you want to change an organization, it has to start at the top and it goes from top down. So this was definitely, you know, a step in the right direction and a step that needed to be taken. I'm I'm honestly kind of surprised it it just happened now, Mm -hmm. if I'm being completely honest. It's it's a step, but it's... It, that's all it is. It's yeah. just a step because I, I think, like, that's baseline. Like, yes, they need to step down. When that breaks, like, 
that's the the bare minimum is they need to step down. I think the bigger thing is getting the right people in that that leadership position so that this doesn't happen again because that's how these things get to the professional level where it's just enabled and people are silent and you see stuff happening you don't say anything it's because these kids get taught at an early age we can do whatever we want we're not going to face repercussions for it and it's leadership members like the ones that were previously in charge of hockey canada that allowed all this to happen allows this behavior to spread to those next levels so it's it's a step it's just a small step like i don't even know if i want to commend that it happened because like it was necessary. That's, a, that's an it's ask. The bare that's minimum. just a bare ask. It is now make yeah. the things right. I agree. It's the bare minimum. It's yeah. There, we we've seen this kind of systemic issue within hockey generally, hockey Canada and the NHL as a whole. Obviously, with everything coming out last season in regards to the Blackhawks, in regards to a couple of things with some Penguins like equipment managers. There was a number of things. Something else that just broke this week about Ian Cole. Um, he was suspended uh, this past week by the Lightning after, and this apparently he had a meeting recently with the NHL and the NHLPA, but no information was released. No statement was made after that meeting happened this week regarding um, allegations made against him anonymously online saying that he had sexually assaulted and groomed a minor multiple times over multiple years. The victim cannot be identified by the NHL without a court order or without subpoenaing Twitter. So I believe that they are still anonymous. Um, He's been involved in a couple of scandals over the past couple of years, but those were more or less just social media, whatever, mumbo jumbo and did not necessitate legal action. This obviously is much more serious. I mean, I don't know what else to say besides this just sheds greater light on an issue that prevails through hockey as a whole regarding the culture of this sort of we can do whatever we want without repercussions, this sort of toxic masculinity, this feeling of empowerment and untouchableness that prevails throughout this this system that allows these people to think they can get away with it. And I'm glad we're at a point where more victims are able to come forward and where we are able to talk about this openly and unabashedly because we should. But, I mean, it's just heartbreaking it's still happening and that more and more of these stories are coming out every day. And there needs to be significant change, not just in leadership, but in the culture of hockey as a whole. Yeah, it's definitely a whole culture thing. Something in, in you know, reading her allegation that popped out to me and I feel like it, it hasn't really been getting talked about as much was, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm paraphrasing a mm-hmm. bit, but I believe there was some point where you know she wrote that it seemed as though his teammates knew that this was going on yes. and did nothing and yes i think that further emphasizes that this is not just you know a couple bad apples it's kind of a culture of hockey and even if you're not you know doing doing being the one who's doing the sexual assaulting but you know about it and you're not doing anything are you, are you really that much better so it, yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely a whole cultural thing that it's good that this stuff i mean I feel like we talked about this exact same thing when the Blackhawks scandal first came out last year. It, it's unfortunate that this stuff comes out, but it's also good that this stuff comes out and people feel comfortable, you know, telling their stories. And because that's the only way that that things are gonna ultimately change is is if we uh, we continue, we we don't shy away from it. We mm-hmm. we need to you know talk about it, like you said, Sam. And a little wrinkle I'm wondering if the NHL gets out in front of is I, I know Tampa has been waiting for the findings to be released and the fact that there were no findings released like already in articles it's talking about is Cole going to be able to play if yeah. that and I think that that would be a massive misstep if he is allowed to play until there's at least 
some finding that's announced. I know if if he's innocent, that sucks, but like that's you can't really think about that right now, especially in the this age where we're starting to talk about like we have to listen to these people. We've ignored them for too long. We have to give credence to the allegations that they're saying. You can, in good conscience, let him play until there's been some finding that mm-hmm. that they they have come to. I think the fact that they haven't come to one yet means that this probably is a pretty complex situation. There's probably a lot going on with this that he he can in good conscience be allowed to play until there's something. I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, I think people are going to argue the opposite way saying, yeah. well, innocent until proven guilty, but it's, I don't think that we can yeah. I don't think we can afford that right now. I think that sports as a whole obviously is a culture that kind of can perpetuate some um very problematic tendencies. We see that with Deshaun Watson and him still being allowed to play this season, even though there were 20 plus women who came forward and he just faced a fine and a brief suspension. So we will see how that all pans out. But we don't want to end on a sad, dark note, even though it is very important to talk about these things. We want to look ahead to the rest of this season with a bright perspective, with a, a fun, a fun outlook. So before we go today, let us briefly talk through our playoff predictions, some teams we think are going to make it, any hot takes. Do either of you feel particularly inclined to start? Uh, I'll Ooh, start. Man. I'll just, I'm thinking maybe I'll just, well, to start, I'll run through my four division winners. Rattle I them think off. That'll Go be good. ahead. Okay, so we got in the Atlantic division. I think the Maple Leafs get it done this year. I think this is the year that, you know, they got, they got to go deep. If they if they lose in the first round this <laughs> it's year, it's getting blown up. Like oh yeah. Mitch Marner gone, William Nylander maybe also gone. Then you start talking about is Austin Matthews gonna stay here yeah. long term? So this is like I know we've been saying it, but and we'll probably keep saying because they'll lose yeah. in the first round, then they'll run Come it back on. again. But so I got Toronto. I uh, got Toronto winning the Atlantic. Rangers winning the Metro. I think this uh, this might be a little sneaky down year for the Metro. Really, a I'm, lot of, I'm the opposite. Really, I'm, I'm big on them. I think Metro's going to be a fun. Division. I think it'll I think be it's fun, be a but I bath. think yeah. I think the years of the Metro being better than the Atlantic are over. Mm. Oh, that's I, oh yeah. yeah. I, think, I think Toronto is going to be the yeah. best team in the East. Yeah. Hmm. Um, then I got Edmonton coming out of the Pacific. Yes. And I I had to go Colorado, running it back in the Central. I can't can't go against them right now. Bird. Yeah, so I same as you. I've got the the Leafs coming out of the Atlantic. I've actually got the Hurricanes in the Metro. I think the Hurricanes mm. are going to be really good this year. It, it, like it pains me to say, I would love the Rangers to take the one seed in, in the Metro, but I I think the Hurricanes are going to be so damn good this year. Pacific, I actually have the Flames. I think the Flames are going to have a really good season this year. I think they're going to even with Gaudreau and Kachuk out the door. I think they did so much. And getting Huberdeau back and getting Ween back to replace what they lost, I think they're going to be scary. And Avs in the Central, come on now, they're ridiculous. Yeah, you can't can't go against the Avs. I know I can't go against the Avs, my hometown team. I obviously love them starting off strong this season with a win. I have essentially the same list as both of you. I think that I hate to be unoriginal, but Central, Avs, Pacific, Oilanders, Metro, Rangers, uh, wait. What was that? <laughs> wait, 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 sorry. <laughs> Run that one back real quick. <laughs> See, okay, for all of our listeners at home, <laughs> let me tell you about when I did this, um, when I took notes for this, when I decided this. It was promptly three in the morning last night. That's After awesome. sleeping approximately four hours the night before. Henceforth, let us ignore the brief blunder. I'm not starting off on a good note here, you guys. I, I hate to start the start First the episode pod. of the year, we're back, baby. Per- first episode <laughs> of the year, Samantha is already... 
mm, schmucking things up. You know, it wouldn't be an uh, episode. Towing the line there. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't be uh, the start to the season if I did. I'm gonna start using that as a good word. Schmuck. Yeah, it's a good I'm word. It's that. Yiddish. A, is it really? Yeah, schmuck. You're such a schmuck. It's like a, I gotta get that a, into my because I love the strong ass. So I'm a big shtick guy, shtick. so I gotta get. That. I like it. One. See, no, I didn't. I didn't say a bad thing on air. I was no. just. I was just elaborating. It's my culture. I'm. I'm Jewish. It's a Yiddish word. Gosh. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> all fun and games here at five on three. I'm kidding, but yes, Avs, Edmonton, Rangers, Toronto. I think they take it. I think Toronto finally makes it out of the first round. I think they actually go on maybe a fair run this year if they can make it out of the first round. Some mm. very quick hot takes. That is a hot take in itself. Devils making it to the playoffs. Obviously, they have a lot of teams they'll need to knock out before. I think that if they can figure out their goalie situation, they will find a way to do it. Maybe the Blue Jackets have an okay year because they've got Johnny Gaudreau now. I don't know. I, I I don't really know if I feel confident in that take, but I'm like, yeah, we'll see. I feel like Columbus is set up for a letdown Failure. season, man. Yeah. Other than that, I, I hope the Canadians have a good year. I I I have high hopes for them. Do I think it will happen? I don't know. But I hope the Canadians have a good year. I Yeah. I don't know if any of those are particular. Well, they're hot. They're like medium warm takes, but I don't know. I don't know. Those are just my my musings as we okay. begin this season. Okay. My musings and my mess up in uh, labeling. <laughs> I got I got a I got a decent hot take oh, right okay. here. Go ahead, be spicy. Five teams in the Pacific make the playoffs. Interesting. Do you have the? Oh, five? Yes, I do have the five. Okay. So we got the clear ones, I think, which are Edmonton and Calgary. Okay. I think they'll both make it. Then I got L.A. I think L.A. I think L.A., people are picking them as a sneaky division winner. I, think, I, don't, oh, think, whoa. I don't think they'll go whoa. that far, but I that team, three I think that team I think should end could... in the top three. I mean, they ended top three last year. Sure, Grand sure, division sure. was not great. I think Vegas is not going to be the world beaters that people may have thought they would have been when they first got Jack Eichel, but I think they will get into the playoffs. I they agree. just need to figure out that goaltending situation. I think uh, maybe a, a later season trade for a goalie is something that could be in the cards for them. And then I think maybe Anaheim could sneak in. They okay. added Strom. They added Klingberg. Wow. You got John Gibson. You got these young guys taking this next step. They were, I believe, in a playoff spot through the first half of the season last year and then completely fell off the face of the earth. But I think that Anaheim could uh, they could be a sneaky team this year. So th- that's my hot take. Five teams in the Pacific make it. I, w- I would love to see Anaheim make it. I think that's... That's super fun. I would say, for for me, I think Bruins are going to be really strong hmm. this year. I don't know if that's – like, I think they're going to be, like, potentially division-winning strong. Like, they might be fighting oh, with, fascinating. with Toronto. I think that you know, Bergeron takes that team-friendly contract, and it's it feels like one of those last-ride kind of things where they're just going to put everything into the last season. They looked really good against Washington, and they're not healthy yet. So when they get – when they get their full team back, I think they're going to be a little bit of a force to be reckoned with. I'm looking at the Senators to make a play for the playoffs. I, like I think that. they I slide like in. I think it's like I don't. I can't decide whether it's them or the Islanders that end up being my sneaky playoff team. Hmm. But so I, that's a little bit of a cop out. But like, I real quick here, what do you guys think about Detroit this year? I think they make it. 
Really? I, I think they make mm, it, and I don't I think, think they're still a little far away. I think uh, if they make it, it's maybe the wild card. I oh, yeah, I think it's wild card. It's like it's like end of season, last game determines whether or not they make it. Oh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm don't. i not going to give them a surefire. I think the. I think they'll be a wild card, but I I don't think they'll be like a make it on the last day, make it by one point. I think they, they can get in by like three or four games. Hmm. Uh, I'll say this. I don't think the Capitals make the playoffs this year. Really? I don't even think they're like competitive. I think that... I think the Devils finish ahead of the Capitals. I think I don't know if the Devils make the playoffs. This to me, not to I'll get for this. This one's for my guy Brian Rabex. I know he's a big baseball guy. Shout out, he's producing I think, us. I think the Devils have a Baltimore Orioles season where they just miss the playoffs, but they're they have a good, they have a strong year. He likes that one. <laughs> he's nodding he's in nodding. the booth. <laughs> he likes that one. So I think the Devils finish ahead of the Caps. Okay, well I I. Mm. One of my hot takes was going to be that the Capitals make it. So I, I don't, now I don't I'm know. I'm not feeling I don't know. Even a hot take? this year. Huh? Is that even a hot take? Well, They're supposed it to make to it. It's supposed to it make is it. It is to lose. But this is my hot take. I think there's no I way guess that, that no, you're right, you're Pittsburgh right. and Washington make it. That's fair. One of them has to miss. We are, we are about to wrap up here. But That's just before, fair. I agree with that. One of them is going to fall what, off. Repeat. I think that. There's no way that both Pittsburgh and Washington make it. Oh, no. I would agree with that. It's a lot. You're going to see one of the young teams from the, the Metro or the Pacific. They're going to knock off one of those aging sure. teams. That's a lock for me. I, I agree with that. I'm with you. Before we go, I just want to circle back to when you both laughed at me. What where did you laugh at me at when I said that the Oilers were in the uh, Pacific said, I thought, Division? I, I thought you said Oilanders. Oilanders. No, I said Oilers. You said Oilers. Did I say Oilanders? Oilanders? Is that why you were laughing? Yes. Oh, yes. I thought it was because you were like they're no. not in the Pacific Division. No. I was like, yes, they no, are. No, 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 no. I, I was, was like, laughing you guys. You said Oilanders. Oh, did I say Oilanders? Yeah, it was really. Funny. Oh, that's really funny. Oh, I didn't even realize I said that. I thought that you guys were laughing at me because I said um, someone was in the wrong division. Laughing at someone in the wrong division is not fun. That's I just know. like I'm Oilanders? a hockey nerd. I know divisions. Sorry, without looking at them. <laughs> then I won't blame my 3 a.m. typing skills. I will blame my current 11, 11, 11, 12 brain after I slept three hours last night. So I'll blame that. Mm. With that, we are going to wrap up this inaugural episode for the 2022-2023 season of Five on Three. I am so excited. Can we do Stanley Cup predictions? I know oh, my God. Yes. Stanley Cup predictions. I would love to say the Avs win it again. I don't think that they do. I am sad about that. A lot of people are claiming Rangers. I am mm. going to say it is Rangers or it is... You can't pick multiple teams from this. Okay. <laughs> also, you did this on Twitter. You gave like so many teams. Luke. It's like it's not a prediction at that point. Okay, pick well, a team. I don't like this. I don't like getting yelled at. I'm sensitive. Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. Um, Brian, am I wrong here? <laughs> Brian, do not put Brian into this. Okay. If Brian had a mic, he'd go off right now. I think. I know. Get I, in here. I'll turn this mic on right now for you. I think that if the Oilers make it to the Stanley Cup final, they win. And I think Connor McDavid is the MVP. Okay. I got Toronto. Word. I have Avs go back to the Cup. They face the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes come out on top. Okay. These are some interesting Big on takes. the Hurricanes. They're going to be – they are the so good. They are so good. They My, got Pacioretty. They got Burns. They're ridiculously good. Their <laughs> defense – they're so good, dude. Lou is like secretly – I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a Hurricanes. Like, I'm like scared this. of the Hurricanes, dude. They're so good. They're so good. It'll be really fun to watch them this season. My team that I was going to say was the Rangers 
or Toronto for the East. But That's since fair. I wasn't allowed to make one. to make choices, you can. Yeah, I mean, you can. It's just a weak move. Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> sorry that I don't like to put all my eggs in one basket. I also don't want to jinx it. Anyways. That's fair. Well, now well, that's that why I'm not picking the Rangers. I can't pick the Rangers. Like, I, I want the Rangers, but I'm I can't not pick them. That's bad juju. <laughs> that is bad juju. That. You can't do that. Well, now that we've ended this episode on all of us fighting. I <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a fun year. This is going to be a really fun year. I could not have thought of a better crew to start this episode and to start this season of five on three off with than tyler mooney and lou orlando follow me on twitter t quigs 04 <laughs> shout out Classic. to thomas quigley um i will be at the garden on monday for rangers anaheim do you have any games i'll up? be Islanders. uh ubs on saturday let's go perfect Islanders ducks awesome and then we will be Back with you next week. Um, Tonight, the Devils start their season. The Islanders start their season. So we will have more coming at you next week regarding every team in the East. For now, have a great day, everybody. Five on Three is a production of WFUV Sports.